0: Hi, I'm Lauren Steibing, and thank you for joining us today on the Career Success Podcast. Today, we've invited Cecile Budge. Cecile has had a long career at P&G, where she led both mass and prestige beauty businesses, and then more recently, heading up the UK business at Shiseido. Cecile will be starting a new role shortly, still in the beauty sector where her passion lies. Today, we've invited her here to discuss a very exciting topic, strategic innovation. Cecile, thank you for joining us today on the career success podcast Um, Lauren thank you very much for inviting me it's a pleasure so yes as I was mentioning in the introduction we're going to be discussing a bit about strategic innovation from your perspective why is strategic innovation important well great
1: question I'm very passionate about strategic innovation um, as I see it in, in every sector or ecosystem, as I like to imagine it, that you're operating in, there are market forces at play and the value that is being created. So when I talk about value, I mean basically profitable growth, which is what we're all trying to achieve as businesses. That value continuously migrates and moves around. And, and often it happens very gradually, which is the tricky thing. Sometimes it can happen quite dramatically. A really good way of thinking about it is is like this. Every day you get up in the morning, on that day, somewhere, one of your consumers, shoppers, or stakeholders, so whoever's having an effect on your business, will have slightly changed their behavior, like in a minute way, but it kind of happens every day. So after a while, the change builds and becomes obvious. And key as a business is not to leave it too late and to be proactive in seeing these changes early on so that you remain competitive. And what that means is that it's really quite hard work to be a business because you have to continuously tweak, refine, and sometimes have the courage to radically change your business model to thrive. And at the core of this is strategic innovation. And Strategic innovation is about making choices about how to best create value. And I've used the word choice here, and that's an important word and distinction, because it means that you're deciding to do something instead of something else to create value. Not in addition or on top, it's instead, which makes it much harder for businesses to just do it, because... You have to have the right conversations and the courage to go ahead with plan A instead of plan B.
0: Sure. And it's a very big challenge for for all companies with such a fast-changing world that we live in now. How do you think you can strategically innovate in your business as the landscape changes? And could you give us some examples?
1: Yeah, great question. So a while back, I was actually given a framework to help me with this. And as most frameworks, it's really simple, but really powerful. And uh, I try to use it all the time. It's actually imprinted in my brain, and I, I try to use it daily. And basically what it does is that it defines your business model as being about the who, the what, and the how.
0: And in terms of who, what, and how, could you walk us through a bit of of what you mean by that? Uh,
1: Sure. So who
0: is all about
1: who is your target customer in your business model and in the business that you operate in? What is about your value proposition to them? And the how is how you're choosing to deliver this proposition, basically how you're going to go to market on your brand. And the skill is to rethink or evolve or tweak across the who, what, how axis as you see the market change and to redefine boundaries. So to think about the who, what, how differently in a way that few others are considering or doing right now to drive your point of difference. And this sounds a little bit theoretical, and actually, it, you can really bring it to life with some examples. So, would be very happy to give you examples of real innovators as I see them uh, from the past five years in the beauty care industry, which obviously I know, uh, you know a fair bit about.
0: Sure, that would be great.
1: Um, so, let, let me give you a, an example of a brand that I think did a great job of redefining their who, i.e. their target customer. And that would be MAC Cosmetics, a huge brand that most people uh, will have heard about. So makeup brands historically will have focused on talking to the end consumer, i.e. people like you and me. And MAC did chose to do things very differently. They were the first compelling artistry brand in the market. And basically, instead of focusing on the end consumer, they decided to center their entire business model around the makeup artist who serves the end consumer instead. So they created a brand proposition to the consumer that was completely new, compelling, and very credible, and thereby they created a lot of value. The MAC makeup artists became highly visible, colorful, and a powerful tribe there to inspire, educate, and transform your beauty look. Uh, The brand communication, offering, and touch points fully reflected, you know, this choice of uh, putting the makeup artist at the center. And to be clear, artists like that did not exist before in the category. You just really had discrete beauty consultants. So MAC was hugely successful for many years with that point of difference. And what's a little bit sad is that, you know, MAC didn't continue to evolve their point of difference and kind of stayed put as new entrants came in uh, to take a share of the pie, which is why now they're, you know, they're struggling a little bit with growth and they're being challenged. And this is, again, another important point. This can happen with leading brands and actually, uh, you know, often happens with the leading brands. The competitive spirit can erode when actually you should really stay healthily paranoid because that bundle of value in the marketplace you're operating continuously moves and you need to be on it all the
0: time. Yeah. And was there a defining moment or a point in time where you could see them not innovating or how did you see it from the outside looking in?
1: Well, what was interesting is at the time, I was working on other artistry brands that were starting to really grow and that were talking elements of the MAC business model because people could see that that's what consumers were really engaging with. And it was interesting to see that as you had new brands actively growing in the market and taking some of their share, that nothing obvious was happening at their end that they weren't really trying to evolve and move their business model on. They were just trying to keep on communicating louder and bigger but using the same message which uh, clearly doesn't quite work if you're trying to again you know evolve and drive your point of difference.
0: And moving on to rethinking the what do you have any examples for us there?
1: Yes, I think there's a great example there, uh, which is Charlotte Tilbury. Again, most people will have heard of, of Charlotte. Uh, this is a really interesting one because one would argue that Charlotte Tilbury is a makeup artist brand too, because Charlotte it was a prof- is a professional makeup artist. But where Charlotte was very smart is that she positioned herself very differently as a makeup artist So she focused on demystifying makeup and giving the consumer solutions. So she was solutions-based, which nobody else had really done well. So she offers 10 looks that she's made easy for you to create at home with a simple curated range that she's thought about and that you can really trust. And this was very different to Mac, where... If you've ever gone into a Mac store, there's walls and walls of product. And that's a little bit intimidating. And it's kind of part of the business model. It's supposed to only make sense to you as a consumer if you engage with the artists and got their help. But not everybody wants that. So, you know, so Charlotte turned that completely on its head and said, well, I'm going to give you simple solutions, but with a huge amount of credibility because I am a makeup artist. And she also put, a face to the brand, being a highly compelling and very visible ambassador of her brand.
0: And finally, let's look at an example about rethinking the how. What can you share with us there?
1: Yeah. So again, there's a, there's another great example out there and that's Huda Beauty. And by the way, once once you get used to this framework and this model, you can see for yourself what's happening in the market and you can work out how some of the winning competition is winning. You can go, ah, they were really smart on the how, or they were really smart on the who. And it really helps you then become a better leader yourself because you can, you can do the same on your business. But Huda really focused on the how. So again, you know, instead of meeting makeup consumers' needs through range, innovation, artists, stores, solutions like most other brands had done, she focused instead on engaging with whoever was happy to follow her on social media on the transformative powers of makeup, primarily via Instagram. That was her main handle that she used. And at the core of her beauty is emotion, a kind of tribal engagement and education, and she has great credibility because she recommends many other brands, not just her own line, and that was very unique in the market. Nobody else was doing that. But with a heavy focus on direct-to-consumer with a bit of a a lifestyle tone in the way that in what she offers and also centered around, you know, tribal education versus taking the more traditional brand building routes. So, again, that was very innovative on her part. And uh, as a result of that, Huda Beauty now is obviously a massive brand, uh, mostly direct to consumer. So she's done a great job. So in in summary, you know, those three examples, I think, really help you to see that having regular conversations in your business around the who, the what, the how, based on emerging trends to help you to work out how you can best drive your point of difference. Because there are some trends that you'll pick up and you'll go, I can see that, but that's not going to be right for my brand. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to connect with that trend. But there's other trends where you go, wow, if I move fast, I could really make this big because it kind of fits with the core DNA of what my brand stands for. Um, And you have to do that, you know, pretty much all the time if you want to continue to deliver profitable growth.
0: Hmm. And what are the typical barriers to innovation and how would you suggest to overcome them as a leader?
1: Unfortunately, there are many barriers, right? Because innovation is driving change and change is a very hard thing to deliver in a business. There's probably three main ones for me, but, but I know there are more. <laughs> but for me, the ones that I've seen as, as uh, very meaningful and as killer behaviors in businesses. One is most of us will have a KPI dashboard. You know, we, we, we have key performance indicators to really help us, you know, really keep the finger on the pulse with regards to our business. It's very important that in your dashboard, you also have forward-looking KPIs, i.e. that you start tracking, for, that you, you, you know, you look at forward-looking insight and data so that you can pick up and keep in touch with new trends as well as current business. So let me give you an example. So in beauty care, you know, everybody's talking about CBD right now. Well, 18 months ago, if you're an innovative business, you would have started to pick up that there were quite a lot of conversations around the CBD ingredient and whether that could be part of the wellness journey in beauty. You know, a good business should really track that via social listening, the number of new entrants the size of markets, so you could choose a couple of KPIs that you put on your dashboard to just stay close to that emerging trend and decide whether, you know, that's going to be meaningful for you and whether you should move quickly or not. And then that really helps you to stay organized and stay ahead of the game. The second one is lack of focused decision making. And what I mean by that is I, I have worked with many people in many businesses where people talk about plans and their to-do list versus the choice that they're making. And uh, there's a big difference there in terms of the focus that that drives. So key to good decision making is to look at every decision as a choice choice. And that means that something else has to to go and not just a plan, which can be just a long to-do list that grows, which can just really kill the focus and the innovative spirit. The other piece that drives lack of focused decision-making is having really big, onerous annual budget meetings. Because what then that drives is a behavior of, I will do the full work properly about where I want to take my business next once a year. And it's going to be really hard work, but then we stick to that plan for the next 12 months. And that kind of kills the agility and the ability to tweak, refine. So having... Business review and budget processes that are agile and nimble and that can help with speed and agility of decision making is really important. And certainly in some of the bigger businesses I've worked in, they struggle with that because the processes are so big and onerous. Sure. And then finally, it's also a question of culture, a culture of embracing change. And again, that's sometimes very difficult to to make happen in your business. If you're a startup, it's very easy. But if you're a midsize or a big established business, it's difficult. So building a diverse team around you with the right skills based on current but also forward-looking KPIs will help you to create the right innovative culture and reduce what I call unconscious bias, which is a really big thing that people that have been around for a while – tend to have and they don't realize that they have it and we all have it which is well we've always done it this way this is how the business model works and and what you need are people on your team that will go but why can't we completely rethink the who why can't we rethink you know the what or the how so having a you know a mixed group of talented individuals with all the different experiences and styles um, I think can be a very powerful thing.
0: Well, Cecile, thank you for for joining us. I've really enjoyed your input on strategic innovation and really providing some great examples from the beauty industry.
1: Uh, It was my pleasure. I hope it helps. Thank you for inviting me.